You're listening to Two Brain Radio. We make gyms profitable, getting you on track to making every day your perfect day. Every week, we'll deliver top-shelf business tactics to help improve your gym, advance your fitness career, and move you closer to wealth. Get ready to start building your bigger and better business with your coach, best-selling fitness author of Two Brain Business, Grow Your Gym, and Health First, Chris Cooper. One of my favorite finds has been foreverfierce.com. I linked up with Matt several months ago at Forever Fierce, and he had some fantastic ideas. And so he and I have put together a couple of packages that we think are really going to help CrossFit affiliates everywhere. Two Brain Mentoring clients use Matt almost exclusively. He's got fantastic designs, and he takes all the work out of it. All that time that you spend searching the internet and Pinterest and junk like that for great CrossFit t-shirts, you don't have to do that anymore. Matt has designs for you. You can put your logo on one of his templates, which are fantastic, and your clients will never know the difference. It saves you so much time that you could be using on other things like real marketing. He'll also go so far as to remind you when it's time to reorder. He'll give you suggested order sizes. He'll help you set up pre-orders so you're not even fronting the cash for the inventory. It's all amazing stuff built to help affiliates, and that's why I love this guy and this company, foreverfears.com. They do all the Catalyst shirts, all the Two Brain shirts, all the Ignite Gym shirts. They do everything for every business that I own. As soon as you plant your flag, people will start shooting. Mel Siff told me that back in 2001. Mel was embroiled in some kind of online debate with the old Yahoo groups, and he was getting attacked from all sides by different people who didn't agree with what he was saying. I stepped in to try and defend him, and of course, how do you defend a genius? He didn't really need my help. But afterward, he sent me a nice private message thanking me and telling me not to worry about it. Mel's gone now. But this is one of the lessons that he taught me that I've always learned, is that people are smart, and the smart people will see when you're right, and the smart people will see who's copying you, who's attacking you for no reason. In this episode, I asked members of the Two Brain family to share their experiences and their best advice in dealing with your local competition. Not every gym around you is your competition, and in a perfect world, every CrossFit gym would be working together to help get people off the couch and off the carbs. But we know this isn't a perfect world. Many people got off to a rough start. Gyms split up. Coaches have disagreements. Some people behave badly. My first advice is to understand where all of this animosity comes from in the hopes of building bridges toward the future. Bad behavior between affiliates stems mostly from fear. If an affiliate grew big, but they're not really sure why they're big or where their clients came from or why they're successful or why the clients are sticking around, then of course it's going to be natural for them to be scared if another gym opens up nearby because they're not sure how to keep their clients and that makes them worried that the clients are going to leave. Or maybe their business is so tenuous that the loss of two or three clients will make a huge difference to them at the end of the month. Maybe they're just holding on. When people don't have money, they get scared. Money is the antidote to fear a lot of the times in business. Big successful affiliates don't really care if other gyms spawn off them because maybe that other gym has a different focus. And affiliates who've been around for a long time usually don't mind when another affiliate spins off because they're secure. They know that things are going to be okay. If you are worried about another affiliate opening in your town, look at yourself first. They aren't going to poach your members unless I guess they're circling your block with a van with free candy painted on the side of it. They can't steal your members. What they can do 
is make you lose your members because they're yours to lose. And if you don't have solid systems, processes, pricing in place, policies that help you deliver a consistently excellent service all the time, of course they're going to take your clients. Your clients are just going to leave and they're going to search for something better. If your clients aren't having fun, they'll leave to search for novelty. If your clients aren't being coached, they're going to leave to search for coaching because that's what they're paying for. And if they're not losing weight, they're going to leave and try and find another way to lose weight, be it at your gym or another gym. So my first suggestion, folks, is to offer the best possible service that you can. Build yourself an actual business instead of just buying yourself a job, and that will help you keep clients. It will help you build a successful business. It will help you make a profit and take a profit home. And when you're making more than enough money, getting all the time off that you need, you don't worry about what the other guy is doing. And neither will your clients because people are smart. They're probably not paying as much attention to the drama as you think they are. And they're definitely not paying as much attention to the drama as you are. People realize when you're being copied. People realize when you're getting ripped off. The right people will care and the right people will stay. If you're opening a new affiliate, or if there's a brand new affiliate in town, buy some coffees, go and meet them. Save yourself 20 years of mystery and stress and wondering what that guy's doing and accusations of theft of IP and theft of clients. Go be their friend. You don't have to send them any clients. You don't even have to really help them. But avoiding eye contact for the next 20 years doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. And even if they're not receptive to the coffee, you'll sleep easier at night knowing that you went first. Without anything else from me, here's the advice from several members of the Two Brain family on the best lessons they've learned for dealing with local competition. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Eric Lippitz, owner of Celebration CrossFit in beautiful Celebration, Florida, uh, Orlando. Um, so anyways, great question, Chris. Um, what to do with local competition? Yeah, I mean, I went through this a couple of times being in business now for over four years. Um, you know, it, it's something that's not easy, but at the end of the day, if you stay true to your vision, true to your passion, keep doing the right thing, you'll be fine. I think that's my biggest advice. Just keep doing the right thing and, and believing in your skills, offering the best service, and you'll be just fine. The first one, this happened a few years ago. We had a national brand gym literally open up across the street from us. I could walk there, I could throw a rock over there. There were also a group staff training facility. And when they opened, you know, it was definitely something I wasn't prepared for. Um, but hey, it's a free market, anything could happen. So that's also another thing, always be ready for the uh, unknowable. Um, <laughs> but anyways, they were trying to tell our, our members that they were better and all this stuff. And I knew that they weren't, right? It's, that's what they were trying to do as their marketing, part of their marketing, cool, whatever. At the end of the day, I knew we were better. I knew we did different things and we did things the right way. So I wasn't too worried. And we actually, our business thrived. It, it hasn't really affected us. If anything, it's helped us um, to have them next to us. The other one more recently, this one was definitely a little bit harder. Um, we had a few of our members and a coach. Um, they went to go open up their own CrossFit gym not too far away from our location. And at first I was like, you know, congratulations guys, do the best you can. I wish the best success, go get people healthy. And they're all cool about it. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, you know, partner up on events and all this stuff, awesome. oh, sounds great. But then they got really dirty, really unethical stuff. They started like calling our members, messaging our members, um, saying, hey, if you uh, come to us, we'll buy out your contract. And you know, at the end of the day, they have no integrity. And that's one thing in business. In the long run, 
you could, if you start off be having no integrity, doing things a little bit unethical, people aren't going to really like that. Um, so it's not the best way to start off your business. And um, they don't understand that. They just don't know what they're doing. So at the end of the day, I know we have the better service. And the people that, uh, that left us to go to their gym, we didn't want them anyways. As harsh as that sounds, they weren't the right members for our gym. And it still sucks to see people go because at the end of the day, my goal is to get people healthy, fit, change lives. But if some people aren't a right fit for your gym, they don't belong, then let them leave. The ones that stay, though, those are the ones that you want. Those are the gold standard members, the members that don't complain. They work hard. They show up. They're positive. They talk to other members. They don't hang out in little cliques. So, guys, stay positive. Be ethical. Do things the right way. Have integrity. Raise your standards, and you will be just fine in the long run. So, best of luck. Peace out. Hi, my name is Chris Lohman, formerly the co-owner of CrossFit Sabretooth for the last four years, currently starting a new gym here in Minnesota. My advice for dealing with competition is to get to know them. There's a couple layers to that, looking at the business side and the personal side. I recommend you get to know your competition from the eyes of a customer. Go drop in at a class, see what this vibe is like, what's the experience like, what do they do well, and what can you learn from and emulate? What do they do terribly that you make sure you want to never do? It can be hard to see that just from a website sometimes, so I recommend actually going to the gym and just checking it out. Um, see what types of people you see there. Were the members talking to another, laughing, having fun, or is it quiet and kind of awkward? It's kind of important to know that. You can also look at their website and social media, see what messages they're trying to get out there, um, not to make sure that you're matching them on pricing and services. That's not really the point. Just to make sure you understand what sets you apart so you can focus your time and energy on getting that message out there and going after the people that you want to get into your gym. So at the end of the day, they can have more programmed, lower prices, more class times, all that stuff. But if the coaches and owners at their gym are intimidating or indifferent and they just don't have a good vibe, that's the type of person they're going to they're gonna attract to their gym. And that might not be the person that you're going after anyway. So make sure you understand the personality, your personality and the personality of your staff is a big indicator of kind of who you're going to attract to your business and make sure you're taking a look at that. So I also encourage you to get to know the owners and coaches of the other gyms in your area on a personal level. If you approach them with like the abundance mindset a lot of those kind of walls, those perceived walls come down right away. And your people who you think of as competition can become some of your biggest collaborators, which is really cool. So I usually, I'll just give them a call say, hey, there's so many unfit people around here. It looks like you guys are doing a great job of helping people get healthy. I'd love to grab coffee sometime and, and talk shop, bounce some ideas off you. And um, these relationships can really come in handy over the years. For example, when my, my coaching staff went to the CrossFit Games last year, I hired the owner of the closest gym to us to come coach our weekend classes for us. He had a great time. My members loved having a fresh perspective. Nobody jumped ship based on, you know, one class with the guy or anything. That wasn't the point. But kind of just showing that trust in them has been really beneficial. And we collaborate a lot on things now. So when we host events, he'll advertise with his people and we do the same for him. Just because we kind of have that trust and personal relationship. And we collaborate more than we compete. Because uh, at the end of the day, we have different people we're going after and there's plenty of unfit people, unfit fish in the sea here, if you, you think about it. So get to know your competition. It'll really help. Hi, my name is Tammy Freed from CrossFit TPA in Pennsylvania. My advice for dealing with local competition is always take the high road, focus on your own gym, lift up your members every day, provide continuing education for your coaches so you have the best coaching staff in the area, and make every experience for everyone that walks through that door, the best one they have all day long. Jay Rhodes, and this is my advice on how to deal with your competition. 
My advice would be to get to know them, and you don't necessarily need to work so closely together or anything, but these are not, I, I want you to start thinking about them not as your competition, but people that are basically trying to do the same things as you. No, no one gets into this space to not to help people, okay? So they're doing great things, you're doing great things. There's going to be people that are a good fit for you and a good fit for them, and really everyone can be successful. It's all about thinking from an abundance mindset and not a scarcity one. Uh, there's a lot of great resources on this. The book that I'm going through right now is called Killing Sacred Cows that uh, gets into some of this type of thinking. Pretty good. So what I've actually done from experience, I went to a first-year anniversary party of a gym that we had lost a few members to, and when I say lost a few members to, they are not our members. We don't, they don't belong to us. They chose to make a change, maybe because uh, they saw a better opportunity. So all in all, it's, it's actually made us get better, but we went and met those owners. There's a couple other places that we have relationships with around the area, and it just makes everything easier, you know? Pull up their stuff on social media like their their posts you know like it's, that's going to go a long way and to feel like you're not fighting with each other or competing over the same pool of people it's going to be a little hard at first and it might not even be genuine at first but uh after a couple of months you'll see what happens and you know what everyone is going to just do better there's going to be a bigger pie for everyone to have a slice of so that would be my advice Hi, this is Diane Kosky with CrossFit Oyster Point, and I wanted to share a couple of perspectives as far as how to handle competition, like the local boxes in your area. And the first and foremost thing I think of is that you really need to believe in your product. Like, just know that you are on the right path and that you have a wonderful deliverable and that you are solid. By believing in that, then that puts you in a comfortable place so that you can approach competition um, warmly rather than aggressively, right? So a couple things that we do, one is for the last eight years, one of our mandates um, in the box with our coaches and definitely with us is we never speak poorly of the competition. I mean, that just doesn't do anybody good. Um, you can rise above it, you know, be better than them. Even if you hear them speaking poorly of, of your box, it just doesn't, it doesn't bode well for anyone if you're sitting there downing them and um, you've got better things to do. So that's number one. Number two is invite them over. Maybe um, have what we, we have pop-ups in the local area. So we'll go to a local brewery and have a workout out front and um, have them come too. So you are at a you know location outside of the gym and you all get together and just have a great time. So um, we do that regularly. Just a, a blast. It, it benefits everybody. I mean, they can grow and we can grow. Um, the third thing to kind of think about is the more people doing CrossFit, the more people do CrossFit, right? So the more people we have out there talking about CrossFit, showing the results, just being excited about health, the better it is for everybody. So the community grows, you grow, maybe your competition grows as well. But it behooves everyone to get as many people knowledgeable about CrossFit. So um, that's kind of our approach just initially. Those are my thoughts. Um, so hopefully you'll have some good luck with that. And just remember, you are solid. You have a great product. 
and you have nothing to worry about. If you're doing the right things, making the right decisions, you have nothing to worry about as far as people going to other boxes. And if they go, more than likely they'll be back. So good luck with it. Hey guys, this is Paul Richards from CrossFit Up Valley in Lower Wellington, New Zealand. My advice for dealing with the local competition is keep it clean. It may be tempting to give an opinion on a competition gym or a gym that you're competing with. It may be they've done you wrong. They've uh, taken a course of action that's impacted on your business. But when you're sitting down and talking to someone in a no sweat intro and you're building rapport and creating an environment of trust, um, the last thing I think you should be doing is talking smack about the opposition. Um, I learned a lesson early in my business career that if you talk smack about the opposition, you're effectively offending the decision-making process of the person sitting in front of you because at some point they chose to use that business's service. So you're actually telling them that they're not a particularly good decision maker, but the person they barely met and barely know who's sitting in front of them and talking smack about the opposition is going to make it all good for them. And most consumers aren't um, stupid. They will realize smack talk when it's there. So keep it clean. Ignore um, uh, the opportunity to talk smack about someone else. Um, say, all gyms are different. We do a great job. They do a great job. We just do things the way we do things, and they do the way things they would do things. You'll retain the moral authority. You'll retain an element to trust. You'll build a rapport with your client that shouldn't able to be broken by uh, your poor ability to transfer your knowledge because you're focusing on giving an opinion about what you think someone else does. If you don't train at their gym, you don't know what they do. So don't worry about giving an opinion about someone else. Just... Listen to the person who's in front of you, take a few notes, have a plan what you're going to talk to them about, and keep it clean. Cheers, guys. Hi, this is Shelly with Rising Strong Fitness, uh, home of Get Me in CrossFit in Manhattan, Kansas. And my best advice for local competition with other gyms in town is, is to know them. Know who they are, know their coaches, know what kinds of services they offer, know their personalities, just know the different events and activities that they do. And I, I think this is important because for me, I am able to recommend the right place for somebody, especially if my gym doesn't offer it, or if I have a member who would just simply be a better fit in another gym. It could also be just proximity of where they're at or their location. They, you know, why drive 20 miles to my gym when you've got a gym that's five miles down the street? And, and these are some of the things that I have done as an affiliate owner already. Um, I also would suggest to local affiliates that just to have the mindset that your business does not hinge on the success or failure of any other gym in town, whether that's an affiliate, whether that's a Pilates or yoga studio or global gym. Um, I think all of us can be successful and we can help each other out just by working together. So I've learned to no longer fear about what other gyms are doing in town, but rather to make sure I have good relationships or good connections at least with the other gyms in, in town in hopes of being a more collaborative team and just working together to help people achieve their goals. Hey, this is Ashley from CrossFit Nika. I had three pieces of advice when dealing with local competition. One, find out who your local competition is and don't just think CrossFit gyms. Think outside of it, local Globo gyms, 
then immediately go and unfollow and unfriend all of them on social media. Nothing good comes out of you looking at their stuff, I promise. I learned this lesson. I would look at it and I would feel terrible. So one day, I just hit the unfollow button and the most amazing thing happened. It was like they no longer existed and I was able to focus on me and my gym too. Find out who it is you want to serve. Really think back. Who is that person that you decided to open a CrossFit gym for? That you knew that CrossFit and nutrition and community would change their lives. And once you find that person, then go and serve them. Market to them. Think about it from their perspective. And local competition won't mean anything to you. Three, if your local competition is not friendly and that's the case with me, then go find community other places. Find it in a local martial arts place, in a rowing studio, in a cycling studio. Have barbecues with them. Have competitions with them. I guarantee you they will outrow you. I had the classic case of coaches getting together and secretly creating their own gym and the split not being the greatest thing ever. I hope someday that this changes and that it can be friendly local competition. But until then, I try to follow these three pieces of advice. I hope they work for you because they've really helped me a lot. Hey, it's Chris again. I'm not sure what's worse, criticism or copycatting. I know it drives me crazy when somebody takes my idea, copies it verbatim, or even puts it in their own words and publishes it out to the universe. And I don't know why. I've struggled with this for over a decade now, both from, you know, local gyms trying to knock off CrossFit or local gyms taking our idea, even copying our ads. But the bottom line is that it's going to happen more and more. The way Facebook is now set up, where you can see everything your competition is putting out there as far as ads and copy and audiences, and you can literally copy everything they do, you better get used to your ideas getting copied. Plus, if you're smart, you're going to be copied even more because not everybody is. So before we close the show, I want to address getting copied instead of just getting criticized because sometimes that's even harder to stomach. First, if you're getting copied, I want you to know that you're in first place. Your clients will know that, everybody else in the room will know that. As I said at the start of this episode, people are smart. They know where ideas come from. And if you have an idea and then it shows up in three other gyms, the smart people will eventually figure out where it came from in the first place. Second, if you're having ideas that are getting copied, it probably means that you're the smartest one in the room. And that means you're not going to run out of good ideas. Let them have yesterday's ideas because tomorrow's ideas are gonna come to you in the middle of the next workout or while you're riding your bike or driving your car or showering, whatever, you're gonna have them, don't worry. Finally, if you could pick somebody to compete with, the person you wanna be in competition with is a copycat because they are not going to ever have a better idea than you. You'll be competing with yourself two to three years ago. Even six months ago, you know that you're a better entrepreneur now than you were then. And so by the nature of copying, they are proving that they are not at your level. And that means you're always going to be in front. This episode was spurred by a copycat episode. When you're an innovator, when you're on top, there are lessons that you learn that I've had to learn in the last couple of years. And this is one that I'm stealing from Schopenhauer. And that is that first you'll be ridiculed, 
Second, you'll be opposed mightily. And third, you'll be told that what you've said is self-evident, that it's not innovative at all. This is a recurring theme for me and for most entrepreneurs. First, everybody says that they have a bad idea that nobody wants. Second, they're told that their idea just can't work or that what's currently available is better or that what the other guy is selling is better. And third, they're told that their idea was so obvious that anyone could have had it. If this is you, stand tall. You're winning. Have a great week. Hey, Jay. Welcome to Two Brain Stories. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, I was just uh, shutting down. I had to do this from the phone. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. So uh, along with Two Brain Stories, we get somebody on here, either a gym owner or business owner that has gone through struggles, gone through possible successes in their their career and through the gym and everything like that. And we want to get that out to the masses so that they can see that maybe if they're going through that same thing or they're seeing success, basically what the next stepping stone is, or in the future, if they're going to see uh, what possible things could come along the road, they... uh, they have the ability to go back to this and say, okay, Jay went through this or one of our other, uh, other guests came on that, that have gone through this stuff. I can get through it too. So um, tell me first a little bit about the gym and talk to me a little bit about the mentor training you're currently going through and then we'll jump into the story. Yeah. Okay. So the gym now, now like things are, things are rolling great. Uh, we're in a, we're in a good spot at or pretty darn close to perfect day. Um, most of the time we've been traveling lots lately. Mentor training is great. Jay Williams is pushing me to, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's really letting me know that I, I'm really, I'm really trusting, um, betting on myself and, and betting on ourselves, uh, with this. I've kind of learned that over the years, you know, we're invested and it usually works out pretty well when we go, uh, when we go all in. So we've actually made some bit, pretty big decisions in the last week. The challenge, the, the most recent challenge he gave me, um, so he wants to, you know, certain things in our business to, to be in place before helping others. Like he wants us rock solid. So what we're working on right now is getting to sort of that next level in terms of, you know, revenue and profitability and everything. And it was, um, the question came out, what, uh, can we get there without basically hiring someone on full time? And thought about it and the answer was no I kind of looked at these timelines and trends and everything and uh, within 48 hours we had someone accept that they would leave their $45,000 a year salary job and she's currently coaching with us but we're trying to like load her up and give her more stuff and she was having to back off and you know she mentioned she was applying to a new job and so we saw an opportunity there and and went for it so I, I love being able to just take action on this stuff like right away. Excellent. Excellent. That's awesome. And that's awesome to be able to have um, a coach or a part-time coach be able to go full-time and be able to bet on yourself knowing that you guys are going to be able to achieve it and, and help that coach get to where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's someone like, we're not just looking for someone to fill some classes. Like that was kind of, we were going to run into a dead end there. So she's awesome with nutrition. She's going to help that grow. I'm, I'm sure of it. Like a year from now, our nutrition program will probably be five times the size. She does some personal training. She's great there. She does classes, obviously. And then she's also coming from HR and copywriting and stuff like that. So she's got lots of skills that we'll be able to put to use. Very nice. Very nice. So uh, let's get into the story. You told me an interesting one uh, when we were actually at the summit. And uh, I definitely want to dig into that a little bit. So uh, let's get into the story. Okay. So um, I'll try to just timeline it a little bit. So when we started the gym, CrossFit for me, the first couple of years was like, all in as an athlete. Um, I know some of the people in the group actually from way back then. And there was no, like when we opened the gym, it was a hobby, total hobby. Um, I was teaching high school, uh, supply teaching high school or substitute teaching. Um, Lacey was eventually as well. 
really we never took on anything with the gym that we couldn't just cover ourselves so like there were there were no morning classes really for a long time it was just like we would it was basically just our our spot to train and we kind of got forced out of another spot I wasn't necessarily the best uh as I, I coached there for a while, and then as I got busier, um, I was kind of the guy who just ended up doing my own thing and, and dragging a lot of people with me. So it would have been a, like a disaster client type thing. So anyway, we opened, and it was a hobby place. We attracted a lot of competitors because Lace and I were competing a lot. And over time, like we had some decent growth for the first two years. You know, it was it was exciting. And then around 2014, like we, we started – we trying to put together a team for the games uh, we ended up like one spot away from finishing but that year of like really focusing on competition it really hurt the culture uh, I you know if there is a few things along the way that of anything I regret like if there's anything it's it's a few decisions we made there and it ended up impacting our business big time so we ended up yeah we ended up you know probably losing about 25 percent of our of our clients which wasn't a ton at the time and then that was the same time we were going through a summer, which when you're supply teaching in the summer, you're not making money and you're not getting a paycheck. So we went through that summer and I'm, I'm going to make this come off. Like it, it was, it was, there were some hard times, but like it was, we weren't like struggling to feed ourselves, but like coming off of that summer, we ended up paying our mortgage for our house out of uh, gift money from our wedding for two months, wow. which is not what it's intended for. Yeah. Um, the affiliate fee came up and I literally, like, we just didn't have the money. I, I wasn't going to be able to pay it. And so I, I have a bit of a relationship with Dave Passer. He's always been super helpful whenever we've needed anything. So I wrote him an email and basically just told him, like, look, I know this is going to work one day. And it's like, we're just in hard times right now. And he uh, he basically comped our affiliate fee for the year. Um, I didn't ask him to do that. I just wrote him basically saying, I don't know what to do. and I can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, Christmas rolled around and like it was pretty, pretty sad uh, under the tree Christmas for each other. So it was just like, you know, right around that time, I, I saw Chris putting out a lot of stuff about like helping gyms. And it was really humbling to reach out uh, to him because I had known Chris as the guy who would interview me at regionals. So it was it was kind of different to 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 call him up and ask him for help, especially because that, you know, a couple of years ago, that wasn't something I was really accustomed to doing. Yeah. Um, so it was three, two, one, go back then. Um, I eventually, it took me a little while, but I pulled the trigger on it and I thought he was just going to swoop in and save me. You know, I thought he was going to like, I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I, you know, it was like, okay, I'm going to pay all this money magic. We're going to be fine. Didn't happen that way. But then something funny happened a couple of months later. So, when you set up a gym as like a hobby gym and you know, you're not really following everything as closely as it, as you should be. And you're just the first time through all this stuff. So when I set up all the, all the stuff for our business initially, I, I ended up, I ended up sort of losing track of one of our revenue streams. So we, we accept, right. This is ridiculous, but I, we accept credit card preauthorized debit. Right. And oh, like initially we are, we're hardly doing any preauthorized debit. So, and they were being, deposited into this sort of side account and then you had to go into that and transfer to your bank account right i didn't know that i didn't know that for almost three years <laughs> and eventually it got to the point where yeah like initially it was just like we went through all these phases too like we had other income from teaching we were living at lace's parents house for a while so we, you know we had some money then we got a house we didn't have some money and it all just kind of leveled out so it was uh it was i missed it along the way and 
And then I really start to notice, okay, like something's not right here. Like we're billing this much money and it's not showing up in our accounts. So I started digging around and there was a lot of money in there once mm-hmm. I found it, uh, like a life-changing amount. Um, you know, we were immediately out of debt. We immediately had some money to invest. So the whole thing with um, getting Chris's help, I kind of put that on the back burner, you know, for the next you know, like, so this was life change. It was like a one-time hit though. Yeah. You know, we kind of won our own lottery, but it wasn't like the business didn't change or anything. We were getting, we were getting traction again, but then uh, Christmas, so like started 2016 rolled around, which is when I think he started everything with two brain. And uh, I, I just, I, he, he's a brilliant guy. Like if you've known yes. him for any amount of time, he's, you know, I, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to trust what this guy's doing. I'm going to dig into the material. And then um, really the, the, the real, turning point was first uh i don't even call it a summit but the meeting in charlotte mm-hmm. so uh i almost didn't go because i couldn't really afford the plane ticket at the time and lace kind of talked me into it she said you've been talking about this for like the last month you have to just go and then i came back like so fired up like i spent <laughs> it was different then man like I, I i was in a house with josh price sherman merrick's um Laris, who, who back in, who was around back in the day, and Chris. Mm-hmm. Chris picked me up from the airport, right? Like it doesn't happen. I yeah, I was say you can't. I don't think we can do that now. I don't think Chris will. No, <laughs> unless no, we absolutely so, needed, like, he would. But we ended up taking a wrong turn on the way to the house too, and so I got like three hours in the car with him one on one, and it was just like it was. It, it changed everything. Like I came back, we we raised prices two weeks later. Um, I think the set like one week was spent convincing lace of why this needs to happen um and then you know basically within like three or four months we doubled the business yeah and and you know to so a little bit fast forward like we're we're almost four times that now and and it's just growing so that it's been a bit it's been a very winding path but it's uh you know so we came out of that 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 first that first year, I guess, with everything and, you know, start stratifying everything, offering personal training, nutrition, um, you know, some things that we're not really doing anymore because it was, you know, I was writing online programming and I really don't enjoy doing that. So I've stopped, but we sort of maxed out what Lacey and I could do. We didn't have a team in place that was uh, going to grow with us, right? We had people that were basically covering their memberships. So after the summit last year, the focus became building a team and we've been able to do that fairly well for the last year we've got one guy um young kid he's a, he's an absolute gem and uh we made a goal in december to so he was working at costco part-time right he's still in school and uh the goal was to have him by june by right now basically giving him, him enough work to to quit and work for us as his sole income and it happened in two weeks so wow. now he's like today he's coaching like eight hours for us so he's got loads of personal training he's doing pretty well but he's the only one that we've sort of been able to really grow. Like the other ones they're doing, they're doing a lot of stuff well, but they, it's their secondary income. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, fast forward to this talk with Jay Williams uh, more recently. And now, uh, you know, we're making that leap to taking on another full time. Very nice. So yeah. basically the whole process has been not only for your guys's success and in, in getting to perfect day, um, through the struggles that you've seen in the past, but then really to provide that opportunity to others. So getting getting one yeah. of your coaches out of a $45,000 current pay salary to maybe working less hours or making more per hour, whatever it is, to equal or even better what she was making before and, and 
provide them with a new opportunity. Yeah, I think a year from now, I think she'll be making more. Um, you know, she didn't really have any hesitation in trusting us um, once I sort of showed her a bit of a timeline of how things have been growing. But I think that's really the only way it's going to happen. Like you can, and we're a bit of a unique situation. Like Lace and I, we have divided roles in within the gym, but it's two people. A lot of a lot of the people in, in the, the two brain family here are running the gym by, by themselves. Mm-hmm. So only so much you can do. And there's only so much that we can do even as the two of us. But you get to a point where you're just going to cap it out. Exactly. No, I, yeah. I, I think that's perfect and a perfect place to wrap it up of, having having the ability to provide an opportunity but realize like there's only there's a ceiling with how far you can go as the business owner having two of you even um full time there to be able to make to that next jump to that next possibility or opportunity for the gym to to grow and and better more yeah it's been learning from everybody like you know they say that you're you're um you become the the people you the five people you spend the most time with spent a lot of time in that two brain group and like I, I can say without a doubt that uh you know Chris for sure is one of the I would say top three influential people in my life and, and that's an honor to say because like look what he's done with with himself as a person and his business so you know just to be able to be surrounded by just greatness you know the first couple of times I went and hung out with people at the summits like feel almost a little bit like you, you know they're in a different league than you but you've like it's it's tried and true you follow the steps you know you have people that are going to help uh, lead you lead you through and you can get there too exactly and i think i think a really big benefit that i think what you were mentioning was in the two brain group making sure that you're posting like that kind of stuff like posting the bright spots when we do those on yeah. fridays and and posting that information like hey I, i'm i'm having this issue because it, it's a little different than i'd say any other facebook group that's out there especially with affiliate owners that nobody's going to criticize you for what you're doing you you're being vulnerable and all of us understand like we have to do this to grow and they're posting on there and and they're asking a question like you've done in the past and and then everyone just kind of rallies up and it's like hey here's all this info and almost like a fire hose of of spreadsheets or or google docs or or just information to better you and for you to be able to pick and choose and and trial and error and and find out what works and what doesn't work and it's really cool you know, we all have those people in our gym. Like, what happens when someone in your gym reaches out for help? Like, you just get this, like, flood of, of help and information and support, right? So we have to, like, we have to do that, too. Like, you, you know, we have the people in our gym that are the, the wallflowers that maybe have never posted in the members group and just kind of come and leave and don't really talk to anyone that much. Their time is going to be sort of limited. So, you know, like, there there's a wealth of resources in this group, you know, from other owners, and we got to use it. Agreed. Agreed. And it's ever evolving. We're finding more and more ways oh, um, yeah. to do it and, and more efficient ways and just all around, just refining everything, always innovating. So it's really cool. But I want to thank you, Jay. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Um, hey. thanks for the time and everything like that and the story. That was awesome. Um, I know a lot of gym owners and a lot of business owners are really going to be able to use that information. So I appreciate it. hope so. It's kind of embarrassing to say some of it out loud <laughs> over the internet. It's okay. It, we all have it though. <laughs> we all have it. It all happens. So we appreciate your time and uh, thank you for coming on. Cool, man. Thanks for your time.